At the end of our last broadcast on this subject of motivating lethargic Christians, we were talking about the fact that a new way of viewing new converts needs to be developed in the Church of Jesus Christ. New, I say, not because it's new to the New Testament, but new because it's new to our modern church. When we begin to develop this new way, I think that we're going to see that much of the lethargy that now exists in the church can be combated, not by wiping it out after it occurs, which is always a much more difficult thing. Once something is stopped, it's, it's harder to get it moving again, but by preventing it in the beginning by keeping people moving with that kind of first zeal and first love that they have when they come to recognize what the Lord Jesus Christ did for them in shedding his blood on the cross in their place, bearing their guilt and their penalty and the wrath of God for their sins. When a man is moved by that fact, to trust in Christ as his Savior, to recognize what Christ has done and that love that he has in response for Christ is fresh and new, the Bible talks about that as the first love. And God wants us to capitalize upon that love, not let it cool, not let it simmer down, but to strike while the iron is hot. So we've been talking about that problem of how to take a new convert and transform him into a working, living, vitally changing Christian. We said that what would make the difference is to have him recognize, as the Great Commission points out, that as he enters the church, he's doing so uh, much the same as if he were entering a new college or university, a new schooling situation, where he's going to now study for the years to come, the years actually being his lifetime in the church as a Christian until he graduates to go to be with Jesus Christ. And during that time, he is to look forward to work, not to settling down and taking it easy. When he joins the church, that isn't graduation, that's, that's entering the, the school. And we've got to get that concept clear in people's thinking. Also in that Great Commission, we are told that we are to teach, not just facts and information, as important as that is, but we are to teach these converts how to observe everything that Christ commanded them to do. That means when he says everything, that all of their lives, the totality of their lives, the whole circle of their lives, needs to be uh, examined and re-examined and there needs to be change brought about in every aspect of that person's life now that he has become a Christian. He can't live down at work the way he used to live. He can't live in his home the way he used to live. These relationships are all going to be altered by the fact that he has become a believer. You see, many Christians become discouraged and settle down in a lethargic way by saying, well, actually Christianity isn't all that different. Uh, it's true that I'm saved and I'm headed to heaven. That's where the difference probably will come. But it isn't all that different right here. And so they become quite uh, discouraged and quite uh, satisfied to go on much the way that they did before they became Christians. Now the New Testament is opposed to all of that. In Ephesians 4, 7 that we quoted last time, we read that Paul said to those Christians, you must change. You can no longer walk as the Gentiles also walk. He is saying here, in a very emphatic way, that they must develop new patterns of life or a new walk, that's what that word means, a patterned way of, of conducting one's affairs in this life day by day. They have to have a new gait as they walk through life. 
They can't swagger around as they once did as unbelievers. They have to walk as a Christian should. The way that they conduct their lives in every aspect of life should have a peculiar uh, gate to it that is a Christian way of walking through life. Now, the apostles actually taught the new converts that they ministered to about many things. For instance, when Paul wrote that letter to Titus, he was sending Titus back to the island of Crete where he had gone through in a whirlwind uh, missionary uh, uh, journey. Actually, that missionary activity in Crete had taken place so quickly that Paul had, had found it necessary to leave little handfuls of converts behind in a loosely organized way that could hardly even be said to be an organized church. They didn't have elders, deacons, they didn't have any organization or anything. And that's why he's writing this letter to Titus, saying to him, Now, Titus, I'm sending you back there to organize these churches, to give them discipline and to give them eldership and give them leadership and give them care and instruction and so on. And I want you to organize those churches. And here, so, so here in the, the very beginning of the lives of these new uh, Christians and uh, as new Christians in Crete, Paul writes a book in which he talks about all kinds of changes in their lives. And one word, or really two words, uh, characterize this book all the way through. Good deeds, good deeds, good deeds. Again and again, those words ring out in the book of Titus. The first thing that Paul's concerned about as soon as he gets converts and gets a little church together is to start changing the deeds or the lives or the works or the way that these Christians live. Teach our people, he says, that how to do good deeds. He says they must learn. Our, our people must learn to do good deeds. And he says they have to learn to do good deeds to meet pressing needs and so on. And he goes on and on and on about this matter. And so we have then uh, a very clear-cut picture of what the apostles did. They started working immediately on the lives of these uh, new converts. They wanted not just new converts who took a little course and then settled down uh, for what they had been doing before, but as Jesus said, they began to teach them to observe or to keep or to do all that he commanded them. Paul was concerned about transforming the lives of new believers right away, even when they were still in their infancy as a church and as believers such as those at, in, in uh, Crete where Titus was going to make this difference. Now, I'm suggesting that each new convert needs to have precisely that kind of instruction, personal, individualized instruction, counsel, if you will, about his own lifestyles. I think that it would save not only hours of agony for the church, but also for him. If there were a new convert's course, let's say, of 10 to 12 weeks of instruction about how to observe Christ's uh, commandments, and then out of that, individual counsel would grow about particular patterns in particular lives that needed restructuring to become more Christian. But let me suggest one thing particularly. One of the reasons why Christians settle down and become lethargic is because much of the teaching that has been given, even about living when it has been given, and there's been precious little of that given to new converts, all we do is stuff doctrine into their heads, much of the teaching that has been given to new converts about living has not been practical. That is, they've been told what to do, and maybe that's been given to them very plainly, but these uh, new converts have not been told how to do it. They haven't been told how to study their Bibles in a, a good way. They haven't been told how to make a change that sticks so that this change doesn't uh, have to be everlastingly worked on, but that they can make progress. They haven't been told the how-to. They've only been told the what-to. 
And I believe that there are Christians all over this country sitting in pews and churches everywhere who are real Christians who are just plain discouraged and out of it because of this fact. The preachers have gotten up and preached and the teachers have taught and they said this must be done and that must be done and the other thing must be done and that's true and that's good and I'm not against saying what must be done. We must teach all that Christ commanded to do. But they have never told people or shown people by lives in a discipleship fashion how to do it. And when people like this who have tried on their own find that they don't know how, they get discouraged and they quit. The minute you tell them how to, they come alive out of their pews and they begin to do things the way Christ wanted them. Let's start teaching people by life and precept how to live for Christ. Lord, we pray that this may happen everywhere. For Christ's sake, amen.